0: It's time for the So She Did podcast, where we discuss how you can live a life that sets your soul on fire. By focusing on your passions, finding and staying intensely motivated, dealing with the pressures and responsibility of everyday life, and realizing your full potential so that you can achieve excellence both professionally and personally. Directly from the So She Did studio in Denver, Colorado. Please welcome your hostess, leadership expert, life coach, corporate sales leader, and author. Kristen Esparza.
1: Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me, Kristen Esparza, your host on the So She Did podcast. Today I am joined by Lisa Damino White. She is author of this book. If you're watching us on YouTube, you'll see it, called Bursting with Happiness. And she refers to herself and others refer to her as the joy seeker because Lisa has made it her mission in life to find happiness, to find joy in the everyday things and sometimes amidst chaos, both internal and external. And she's going to talk to us today about how we can do that, about her journey toward finding happiness and how we can live lives that really are more fulfilling because we have those bursts of joy, as she refers to them, every single day. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on with me today.
2: Thank you for having me. I am super excited to be here.
1: Yes, yes. So before we get started into talking about joy, tell us a little bit about your journey.
2: Oh, my goodness, where to begin? Um, You know, I have 25 plus years marketing, communications, event management. Loved it, worked for nonprofits, associations, all that good stuff. And a couple of years ago, realized that my true passion, what I love, what fires me up is whenever I can connect with another human and help them see their greatness and find more joy when they really feel stuck or under underappreciated and not as awesome as they know that they are. And so I pivoted from my corporate and nonprofit roles and really started doing this full time. And as you mentioned, I wrote the book about it called Bursting with Happiness. And it really is all about recognizing those small bursts of joy and how we can intentionally add them into our lives daily, because it really is those small moments that add up to an incredible life.
1: Yes, and I think that, you know, you and I, when we first talked, you mentioned bursts of joy and that idea really resonated with me because we have this idea that everything is supposed to be happy all the time, which is not necessarily realistic. So right. what is a burst of joy? Tell me more about that.
2: Yes. Yeah, so a burst of joy is something, anything, small, seemingly insignificant, minor, that makes you happy. That. As you think about doing it, it makes your smile come across your face, or it brings you a sense of calm. It helps you get into the zone, if you will, whatever it is that gives your mind peace, happiness, and a little bit of laughter. And a burst of joy, I believe, is something the simpler, the better. Mm -hmm. And too often, we overthink things. Mm -hmm. You know, we say, oh, well, I'll be happy when, or I'll be happy if, and there are these big goals and, and accomplishments. And absolutely, those are going to bring you joy, without a doubt, those goals and accomplishments, but they may not happen for months or years, if at all. So we've got to realize that the time between now and then is now and critical now. and essential to make joyful. What are you going to do? Not find joy in between now and those big accomplishments. And so it really is a matter of just saying, what do I enjoy? What do I like with no judgment? And that's the key too, is I've, you know, I'm a professional certified coach. And sometimes the clients I work with, they think that the things that bring them a burst of joy are embarrassing or silly or a waste of time or stupid, and they don't embrace them. Yeah. So for some clients, it's, truly meditation yoga all those things we think about when we say self-care yes. and, and that's great but I've got some clients that would rather go to the dentist than try to meditate yes and so telling people that that's a burst of joy will make them say no freaking way right that is not a burst of joy for me right well what is a burst of joy for you well it's sitting in front of my laptop and watching an episode of The Handmaid's Tale because I can't get enough of it and I love that show. Yes. Guess what? That's a burst of joy. That's
1: a burst of joy. For me, this is going to sound crazy, but I like the snack size M&M and Oreo McFlurries from McDonald's. And so when I'm having a stressful day at work and I try to eat healthy and all of that stuff, right? But when I'm having a stressful day or I've had a stressful day, one of the things that I like to do is go through the McDonald's drive through and get the snack size McFlurries and I bring them home to my kids. And some of my happiest days are literally just sitting on the couch at the end of the day. And we're all sitting there in our bare feet rubbing our toes together and we're eating our ice cream and you know to your point some of the people that you talk to I've tried meditating a million times I have to be in the right state of being and state of you know and I have a hard time shutting off my brain and so trying to meditate becomes stressful for me exactly which is
2: the opposite of 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 what
1: it's supposed to be and so what i love to do is i will put on my headphones and listen to a book or listen to heavy metal if the the mood so strikes me and go hike up a mountain and for me that is meditation that is much more powerful than sitting on a pillow in my room trying to come and, you know, get in touch with my inner self. My inner self is like, let me out of here.
2: (laughs) Yep. So you nailed it. You nailed it, Kristen. It really is an individual thing and, and it can change and it can evolve. And, and I think that we have to let go of this perceived theory and vision of what self care slash I've heard it called soul care lately slash burst of joys are because they are so individual and they can change and evolve over time. I mean, Another aspect of it is to be intentional about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I can sit here and tell you that I love heavy metal music, right? but if I don't actually make it a point to listen to heavy metal music or whatever it is that you yeah. like, mm-hmm. then that's kind of a waste of knowledge. It's like, you can't just know that it brings you some joy. You have to do it. You have to and actually so, do something with it. Exactly. And to mm-hmm. be intentional about it. So intentionally, um, you know, deciding you're going to turn off a podcast every once in a while and throw on a song that you know you love that gets you going that makes you feel good or intentionally going for a walk in nature in the mountains if that's something that brings you joy the burst of joy should actually be something you look forward to because the anticipation is actually part of the burst yeah
1: and choose and choosing this is I'm doing something right now to choose to make myself happy Yes. So what are some bursts of joy that you found in your life?
0: <laughs> well, <I wouldn't laughs>
1: You knew I was going to ask that.
2: <laughs> and I'm so glad you did because it, it is a little embarrassing, but you know what? So I what? am who I am yeah. and I have no embarrassment around my bursts of joy. I am the biggest Barry Manilow fan you will ever meet, Christy. Ooh, Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just adore his music, I adore the man himself, I've seen him in concert over a dozen times. It's a little bit of an illness, I think, okay. in my own okay. mind. <laughs> I know that listening to Barry's music is gonna give me some joy, especially yes. the albums where he's actually performing with a live orchestra behind him. I get all the chills, Ooh. I get all the feelings, and yes. it just makes me happy. Yes. And when we're thinking about our burst of joy, it's also important to double down whenever you can. And I say that in a way that invites you to push a little bit further. So Uh if you enjoy running, maybe you want to sign up for a 5K or if you enjoy singing, maybe, you know, doing some sort of group choir or a performance if you're an actor or an actress, something that can double down the joy factor. And for my love of Barry, for $10 a year, I joined his official fan club. I am a fan alone. You are a fan. That's, that's a thing. A fan alone. It's a thing. It's a it's thing. It's an official okay, thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and it's a silly thing. For $10 a year, I get exclusive access to his calendar. I get no. the opportunity to buy silly swag. <laughs> and he, quote, sends me an email monthly to tell me what's going on with Barry. Yes. It's silly. It's ridiculous but it brings me joy and that's that's the concept of just double down, double, double down whenever you can. It's, it's just a matter of taking your joy to the next level, knowing that this is something that makes you happy. You don't have to justify it to anybody. You own it. In fact, when I share my love of Barry Manilow, You'll be surprised at how many people come out of the woodwork and tell me that their secret passion. I've had people tell me they love Nickelback. I've had people wow. tell me they love the Judds. I'm like, you do. Oh, you. I love the Judds too. I love
1: right? Winona. When I I love Winona. When I need some some woman power, I like Winona. And it's so funny that as you're describing your passion for Barry Manilow and being a Manilow. Yes. All of these other images came to my mind of things that I love. You know what I love? I love the yeah. sound of music, okay? There is nothing like watching Maria Von Trapp spin in circles, seeing The Hills Are Alive to me. There's nothing that can compete with that. And my poor children, since they were born, <laughs> whenever I get in the mood, I will play the soundtrack for The Sound of Music while I'm cleaning my kitchen. And I have no shame. You know what I did? I bought uh, for 25 bucks or something on Amazon. I ordered myself a gold karaoke microphone. Yes, you did. I did. I did this. Sister, I did this. (laughs) And sometimes when I don't feel like cleaning my kitchen, you know what I do? I turn on the Sound of Music soundtrack and I grab my golden microphone and I clean my kitchen and I sing The Hills Are Alive and ain't nobody can stop me. And it's funny because I never thought of that as being my burst of joy until I felt your joy at describing your fan I just invented that word. Love it, and love it. And I was thinking, when do I feel like that? You know what, I feel like that when I'm doing the dishes in the kitchen, my kids are laughing and I'm singing in my mm. gold microphone pretending to be Maria Von Trapp or Beyonce, whatever the mood is at the moment, yep. you know?
2: Yep. I love that's exactly the spirit of a burst of joy it, it's and and I think we get trapped in this feeling of overthinking things and why do I like this who cares yes who cares if it gives you that feeling that's all that matters now I will tell you something to to think about and mm-hmm. invite your your audience to think about as well there are bursts of joy out there that you haven't even discovered yet Ooh. okay because We are not the same people we've always been a month ago, a year ago, 10 years ago. The things that brought us joy back then may not do it for us now. and Conversely, the things that never did it for us before, may do it for us now they might
1: I will say hiking is one for me because having lived in Houston my whole life where you know it's 110 degrees all the time I never thought I wanted to go outside and then I moved to Colorado and I first started working out indoors on a treadmill and then one day I thought I could go outside I could I can do that it's not 110 degrees out here I can do this and I found such joy And just sometimes when I'm out there hiking and I stop and I'm by myself on the middle of a trail somewhere and I look around and I feel so connected. I won't even say to the universe. I feel so connected to myself. I I just, you know, I feel my five senses are engaged Mm. and I hear and I feel the wind and I see the the bunny jumping across the trail. And I think I'm part of this and I feel alive.
2: Isn't that wonderful? It is.
1: And and if you again if you had told me this 5 years ago in Houston I'd be like there's no way I'm going hiking anywhere. And now I love it. Love it. So and I
2: give you credit for your willingness to say you know I've never done it before or haven't done this in years and years and years. I'm going to try it and that's the key yes. because you may have hated it yeah you may have came out of it and said you know what it's dirty it's i got dust on me um i, I didn't enjoy that i'm going back to the gym okay great yeah. at least you know yeah but if you don't give something an opportunity to check to test the waters if you will you might miss out on some pretty cool
1: stuff. Right. And I think too we often think now we're too old to love the things that we did as we you know when we were kids. And one of the new trends that I love, I don't personally participate, but I love seeing adults do it is coloring in these adult coloring books. Yes. I think that's a great trend because it's something that you think, you know, I'm too old to color and now I see people walking around or in the break room with their coloring books and I'm like good for you love it and for me it was roller skating I was an 80s okay. baby and I grew up in the roller skating rink and I still have my skates and one day a few months ago my I said hey guys you want to go roller skating and my kids are like are you gonna skate I said yes I am but well, you can't skate and I said oh really watch this and I had the greatest time and you know if somebody had said I would be 39 years old roller skating no I'm too old for that but you know what I had more fun than all those kids on that skating rink floor combined because I loved it then, why can't I love it now? Beautiful. You know? Absolutely. It's so corny, but it's it's authentic. It's
2: real, yes, you know? Absolutely. And why the heck not? And yeah. the fact that you're like, you know, what's the worst that can happen aside from a broken bone and uh yeah even if i had a broken
1: bone i would have a story to tell okay but i'm a good roller skater and i'm probably more likely to break a bone full disclosure walking around my house with that gold (laughs) microphone (laughs) and you know, jumping on the couch
2: and singing to embarrass my kids. That's probably yes. much more
1: <laughs> dangerous I than love the skating it. rink.
2: So, but I, I I love everything you're saying and you totally are grasping this concept. And in addition to intentionally trying new things, I think it's also important that we go through our days with our spidey sense on, with our radar up. Because there are things that you can intention or unintentionally, just coincidentally come across And you feel a little something in your gut and you're thinking, huh, that's interesting. It makes you pause. And it's important to pursue that. For example, a few years, well, gosh, probably 10, 12 years ago now, I was at a friend's birthday party. And there was a NFL game on Mm -hmm. in the corner on the TV. Never been a football fan. Never couldn't care less. Like, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I didn't even know what a down was. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at this game. Do you know what a touchdown is?
1: Do you at least know what, I a, know touch, what a touchdown is? Okay.
2: But a down and they get four, four of down. them. Yeah. Okay. All right. If you say so. And I'm at this party and I'm watching, I'm eating my cake. I wrote about this in my book, uh-huh. um, sitting on the couch, just eating my chocolate cake. Cause I do love cake. And I'm looking at the TV and I'm looking at the people in the room and how excited they're getting and how unified they are as a community and high five in and wow, what's going on? And then I watched the TV and I watched, you know, one of the players, what I now know is a pick six. And I'm like, Oh, look at you becoming a professional. (laughs) I was like, this is, I didn't know it at the time. I'm like, Oh, okay. So the other guy was, okay, I get it now. And I watched when he made the touchdown how he connected with a fan, and the—I mean, there was so much more to it. And I thought, is it possible that I, Lisa, could like football? I mean never would have tried. Went home the next weekend and turned the game on next Sunday, and I'm like, I'm just going to check. I'm going to try it. Yeah. See what it's like. I've been all in ever since. Have you really? I love football. Look at you! It. Look at you! Now I'm a Denver Bronco fan because we live in Colorado. Yeah. Sometimes yes. it's been really, really, really hard okay. to be a Denver Bronco fan. Yeah. But I love it, and not just for the actual strategy on the field. Although when I see oh, when I see a great play, it gets me so fired up, and I just love it. I love the community. I love the energy. Yeah. I love the 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 connection I feel toward other fans and you know when the team does well we high five like we had something to do with it and then when they suck we're like oh we feel terrible I am having the best time and my son now who's 13 but mm-hmm. ever since he was born he and I watch football together and it would be our thing and it brings me tremendous joy so during football season on a Monday morning on a Thursday morning on a Sunday I'm like I wake up and that gives me the burst of joy, something that I am really looking forward to that day. That's
1: incredible because I would have never pegged you as being a football fan. Right?
2: And you're like, I would have never pegged me as that either.
1: But here you are. Here I am. Here you are. And I I love that. I love that. And I love that you're unabashed, unashamedly, this is who I am. This is what I like. Take it or leave it. This This is it.
2: Yes, great, and I love it. I mean, I don't like when they get hit real hard because you know it hurts my heart. I'm like, oh, I hope he's okay. But yes. but when when it's somebody playing against the Broncos, I'm like, get him, get him, what are you doing? <laughs> take him out, God, take him, what him out. Are you doing? And, and I never. Ever could have imagined myself getting excited over a football game which is so
1: which is great when we step out of our comfort zone and we do something new sometimes we surprise ourselves with the happiness that we find in those moments and in those things that who'd have thunk who to have thunk, who'da thunk? And, and, and
2: and the the experiment if you will to see if I liked it was so low yeah I mean in 15 minutes I could have turned the tv off and said nope I'm good Moving yeah. on with my day. Yeah. But I recognized at the party that something was was happening. And I was intrigued. At the very least, I was intrigued. Yes. And lo and behold, I'm a huge fan. And you and, listened and
1: to your gut and you followed that energy. You followed that, that energy. You know, millennials call it that vibe. Whatever yeah. it was that hit you, you followed that. And, and here you are. You have talked now for minutes and minutes and minutes about your passion for football. How exciting. Who'd have thunk?
2: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, and and with it comes a little heartburn, too. I mean, you know, we played, the Broncos played a game against the Seahawks one year, and, and, oh, dear God, it was awful. And, you know, in hindsight, and at the moment, it wasn't joyful. But, again, the community, we were all, quote, depressed over it. You know, it's just... It's added some spice to my life, but and the ups and just, downs are fun
1: too. Even when they yes. lose, there's joy in that—not in the loss, but in the community of it, and the the mutual feeling of loss, and then that rebuilding of okay, now we have to get them next time, and you exactly. know, yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's exciting. Exciting.
2: One of the things I also want to mention—you had said about the McFlurries and about you know bringing a couple of home for your kids and y'all just chilling, yeah. rubbing your feet, yeah you're creating bursts of joy for your family. And I think that is another thing that we have to be intentional about. Creating bursts of joy for those closest to us. Mm -hmm. And again, it's so much simpler than we think. It's picking up a McFlurry for you and your kids because you know your kids are going to lose their mind with joy when they see it. Or it's playing chess with my son who, as I said, is thirteen? I hate chess, Kristen. I'm okay. not going to lie. I hate it. I don't know but how this to kid play. kid loves it. Yeah. So I'm it's, I'm it's... glad that it's your kid, not mine, because I would look at it like, is this a king, Ugh. a
1: queen? What what are what are these things called again? Well, I know how to play, but I'm not good. Okay.
2: And my son is amazing at it that's why he wants to play you just so you know (laughs) always always right Mm -hmm. but I know it brings him joy and so as much as I really 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 would rather not I'm like yeah let's play because again it's all about creating that for him yes when you you know when you're with your partner what would happen if out of the blue you said you know what tonight we're having a date night what do you want for dinner and you pick the movie yes and Letting them choose whatever it is they want to watch. Now the caveat to this is you can't go into it mopey and depressed and like, thinking okay, you're fine. Hate it. Right. I didn't
1: think you were gonna pick that, but whatever. Right. Yeah.
2: You have to be enthusiastic first of all, it could be one of these things where maybe you'll enjoy it again. Yes, yeah. Previous you may not have, but new you, current you may. Mm-hmm. But also think about how joyful that's gonna make your partner yes. and that moment and that evening and making it all about him or her. I think there's there's power in that. And so just embracing what brings them joy, creating an environment where they can experience that with you. Yeah. Huge.
1: And huge. one of the things
2: that I have found that
1: brings joy is doing something a little bit different. So for example, you know, you're you're cooking dinner or whatever, let's eat it on the front porch instead of at the table today you know what, I'm gonna take the long way home from work today. I wanna to drive a different direction. Just taking those those daily things that we do and we take for granted and adding a little bit something different to them, I think it shakes it up, and up enough that it, it provides interest to us and it does provide joy. And you know, I can't tell you how many times, especially when I first moved to Colorado, you would think you couldn't get lost because it's basically 25 north or 25 south and you can see the mountains so you know where you're going. Yes. But I got lost a few times, okay? <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes getting lost in that unexpected, um, you know, I have the choice, right? I can be frustrated. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to be late. Now, where am I going? And I can't believe this happened. I'm going to run out of gas. Or I can say, I'm going to see this as a mini adventure. Where is this road going to take me? And that has been some of the fun of my life, too. Just taking the daily things and changing it up just a little bit. Totally. You know? So Totally. My kids love to go, um, and I don't do it every day because it's not healthy, first of all, um, but my se- seven-year-old in particular loves to go to the 7-Eleven before school. He okay. loves it because they have pink sprinkled donuts. Okay, now I am not a fan of sugaring up my kids before school, but there are some days where I wake him up and I say, hey, we're going to go to 7-Eleven this morning and get you a pink sprinkle donut. And the joy it provides me when he gets out of the car at school and he's got these this pink frosting and the sprinkles on his face and he covers up with his COVID mask and he walks in and I know he's got those sprinkles under that mask all day. It makes me happy because he's yes. so happy and he feels so special. And so I think to your point, we get to not only provide bursts of joy for ourselves, but for others. And in yes. doing so, it provides joy for us because I won't eat one of those donuts, but watching that little boy go pick out his pink sprinkled donut. I mean, there's just something he gets so, you would think it was just a donut. It's not to him. It is yeah. like, it's like a birthday cake or something.
2: <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. Creating bursts of joy for others creates them for ourselves too. Yes. and And dare I take it a step further, Acquaintances, casual yes. connections, friends. I mean, it goes beyond. And again, it's the simple things. It's just the idea that somebody thought of us. When, gosh, I think it was May of 2020, we were in the thick of it with COVID and I was struggling pretty darn hard. Mm-hmm. Barry made a guest appearance on the Today Show, mm-hmm. you know, to sing one of his songs and spread joy, because that's what Barry Manilow does, people. That's just okay. what he does. Okay, okay. <laughs> I got eight different texts from eight different people. Turn on the TV, Barry's on. Turn ah. it on, turn it on, turn it on. You, you, and I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Yes. These people saw that they know I love Barry. They knew that that would bring me a burst of joy and they texted me just to let me just know. Just to they let thought you know. They, of they were me. thinking of you. That was more joyful than even watching the berry, and I'm they were thinking
1: you. about something that brings you joy. They were thinking about a positive thing. So, could you imagine, just a little off topic here? Could you imagine if the Broncos went to the Super Bowl and then Barry Manilow played at the halftime show? <gasps> could you imagine? <laughs> Would you be able Mind to contain? Blown. That's that's a whole fireworks show of joy, not a burst of joy. Uh, I can't even handle that amount of joy. I'm telling
2: you. <laughs> and then I got a ticket to go. Ooh. And then you got a
1: ticket to go that was just gifted to you.
2: Oh, now we're talking.
1: Oh, dreams, dreams. <laughs> and, and that
2: like we talk about, that would be a firecracker of joy. But I know that's probably not going to happen. So i right. got to create the bursts because right. there's joy to be found, even if I can't get that delicious firecracker of yes. joy. Um, I will also tell you and share with you one of the wonderful examples of creating a burst of joy for someone else. You know, you're talking to a friend and the friend says, yeah, I got an important meeting next week. I'm mm-hmm. really nervous about it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed make a note in your calendar for that morning. Yeah. Send her a text. Hey, you're going to crush it thinking of you. Yes. Again, it's a little thing. It takes you two seconds to make that note when you find out about the meeting. Yes. But think about the, the joy, the feeling of connection, the love she's going to feel when she gets that message from.
1: Yes, and I talked about this in one of my earlier episodes. I challenged the listeners because I very much believe that we should all support one another. Certainly, a lot of my platform is about women supporting women, but at this point... Forty-nine percent of my listeners are men, and so I—I I believe I know it's really interesting. So um, I believe that we as people should support one another. And one of the challenges that I gave—and at the time it was for women—but I pose this to everybody: make it a point to give somebody a compliment every single day. If you're standing in line at the grocery store compliment the baby behind you compliment the mom behind you when you walk into the office and you notice that your coworker has you know got their hair done compliment it you know, that color of red looks fantastic on you it brings out your eyes or you know i just want to let you know i probably don't tell you enough how much i appreciate the work that you do and i am so glad that i get to come to work with you every day and those little things The mailman, you go pick up your mail. And if you're like me, I don't ever check my mail. I'm pretty sure that my post, yeah, same. So I'm pretty sure that my postal delivery person doesn't like me. And so I even thought, you know what I need to do? I know when they come which is ironic because I never check the mail. I really should go down there with a wagon because that's how much mail is probably in my box (laughs) and just say, thank you so much for putting up with my overly full mailbox. I appreciate everything that you do, especially when we get to those winter months when they're going above and beyond or your kids, you know what? They had a rough day at school. I think you're amazing for making it through that day. And just telling them that. Instead of saying, you know what? You should have studied harder. You would have gotten a better grade. How about, you know what? I know that that math or whatever is a tough subject for you. And I know you studied hard for that. And tomorrow is going to be better. But I am proud of you for sticking to it and going. And just recognizing those things in other people because they will remember them. I Absolutely. remember when, when, you know, there's a few dresses or whatever that I've worn. And when somebody tells me, hey, you look really nice today guess what? The next time I put on that dress, yep. I feel good because I yep. have that memory link, you know? I love it. Oh,
2: Kristen, you are so my people. Yes. 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 And, and dare I say, creating a connection creates joy, it does. especially even for strangers. Yes. And, and another aspect of, of what I believe happens when we create those bursts of joy for strangers is we remind each other that we are all on the same team, the team of humanity. Yes, And I think this is so important because of the disconnections and the the many issues we differ on in the world, in, in our communities. And so any opportunity I get to remind myself and others that We're all a heck of a lot more alike than we are different. I'll give you a great example. I mean, of course, anytime I see somebody with a Broncos paraphernalia, hat, jacket, sweatshirt, hey Broncos, you think we'll make it this year? (laughs) But the best example of this is last year, uh, I was taking a lot of walks around my neighborhood. That was, you know, uh, COVID was hard for me. And so for me, Um, taking a walk around my neighborhood I felt was a very safe activity and that's what we did. Mm -hmm. I would do it and I saw a neighbor in his garage, garage door was open and he had a Green Bay Packers uh, banner hanging Uh up in the Uh garage. And I I love Green Bay. I love Aaron Rodgers. So it was good. (laughs) And I said, hey, I never talked to this guy before, Uh but happened to walk by and I'm like, hey, do you think this year Aaron Rodgers is going to take it home? And we had about a two to three minute interaction of just happiness positivity connection we both like this team we're, we're yeah gosh you know let's I think they're going to take it this year and blah, blah 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 I take a few steps forward and in his yard I see a yard sign for a candidate this was like October yeah I did not support Uh huh. and I paused and I thought what would I have done if I'd come from the other direction and I'd seen that sign yes, first yes. before I saw the banner do you think I would have said anything about the Green Bay connection. And the answer, you bet I would have, because I am you desperate ask? to find those commonalities, those seemingly insignificant connections we have with people, especially people we disagree with on fundamental issues. Yes. I feel like it's our responsibility to make those connections, to bring them to the forefront so that we can all remember we are more alike. Than we think. Yes. And we're and all on team humanity. We're
1: more alike than we are different. And I love what you just Bingo. said. Team humanity. And I've talked about this actually on a couple of past episodes where same as this episode here where this was not our intentional. This you know, this was not the discussion we were planning on having. But it is so important for us to talk about it. And I believe that when we connect on that human level, and I keep saying the micro level, which is yes. Kristen and Lisa talking It's Johnny and Sue talking, it's neighbor A talking to neighbor B, and everything is not political. And I think in this country, we have made everything political. And if we could reach across the aisle, better yet, if we could not see the aisle and we could just see brothers and sisters and humanity and say, you know what, what's the best solution for all of us? Let's take the blue, let's take the red. And unfortunately, I think in this country, being a two party system, it is kind of yielded to this very divisive um, culture that we have. But, you know, the people who don't support the political candidates that I do, if I didn't know that about them, would I, still, would I connect them? Would I, yes, I would. And so it is challenging because I think a lot of the issues that have come up recently, especially in terms of COVID and immigration and things like that are human issues. And, you know, with Black Lives Matters and, you know, all of these things that have come up, they do seem to be ethical and moral issues where people are divided. And I certainly understand that people have a hard time connecting with people who they think share very different moral values than them, Um, which means, you know, they feel like they're not on the same page of humanity as them. Um, But if I could hear your word worldview and you could hear my worldview and each of us just took half a step toward each other and said, you know, I see it differently, but I don't see you differently. How powerful could that be? How powerful could that be? So, and we wouldn't have people, you know, storming the Capitol and doing whatever else is happening out there in the world that, you know, that's not for this show, but um, I could go on and on and on about that. (laughs) But
2: But it's just finding that nugget of connection, of commonality, yeah. even if it seems insignificant, it's a start. It's laying the foundation for reminding us that we are all more alike than we are different. We are. And this is a good
1: segue for us because the next thing I really wanted us to talk about was reducing the suck. And reducing so, the suck, reducing baby. Reducing the suck. And so we've talked about bursts of joy and happiness, but very often there are things that are the opposite. They suck the joy from our lives, or at least they appear to. And you told me that one of the things that you advise people to do is to reduce the suck. So what are the common things that suck joy from our lives? And do you think we recognize them?
2: Mm, I love that. A couple of different things points to make. The first thing is when people hear that I'm the joy seeker, they say, oh, so you just follow, you just focus on the positive. You ignore all the bad stuff in the world. Uh, no, because that's not real life. Right. I mean, do I want to stick my head in the sand and pretend that there's nothing bad out there or anything I don't agree with? Of course. I mean, who wouldn't? Right. That's not real life. Right. And Bad things happen and situations happen. And I always remind people there's a difference between dwelling and acknowledging. Yes. And acknowledging something is giving ourselves the space to feel what we feel, process it, get help processing it if we need it. Yeah. And then being able to move past it. Whereas dwelling, it just keeps us there. We just insist on staying in that space. Yes. It's that cycle. Mm -hmm. It's that spin. And it's a very important distinction that I think helps us avoid getting stuck in that dwelling phase of the suckiness of life. Because let's be honest, Kristen, if we wanted to, we could find a hundred things outside right now to be angry about or to get upset over. It's okay to acknowledge, but it's also important to recognize that, okay, it is what it is. I do what I can to improve a situation, but at the end of the day, we have to make that decision whether to acknowledge or dwell. And if we dwell, we're guaranteed to stay in that negative space. Yeah. And but if we there's... acknowledge
1: There's two things I'd like to say here. First one is that we're not talking about clinical anxiety. If you have clinical anxiety, where you are continuing to dwell on something and you're trying not to, but you can't, you absolutely should seek professional help for that. And I have struggled with a little bit of that. Lisa, I know that you talk a little bit about it in your book as well. Um, And so for listeners out there, if you do have an inability to stop dwelling on the negative, There are resources out there that you should absolutely reach out to um, both in the psychological field and the medical field to help you address those things. And I would encourage people to do that. The second is, and this is something that has become a new idea for me as I've been recording these episodes over the last couple of months. um, If there was no negative, we wouldn't have as much appreciation for the positive. And that has been something that I'm learning. I won't say I've, I've learned it or I've accepted it fully. But when I look back on my life and I, you know, for ourselves, when we look back on the things that we celebrate, very often there's a story of overcoming. There's a story of adversity. We talk about in literature and academia, we talk about um, the hero's journey and how the hero starts out in one place, overcomes these obstacles, and that's how they find them tr- their true selves. So I do think we should try to find the the good in the bad situations, but that may be, you know what, this situation is really challenging, and I look forward to the opportunity to overcome the challenge. That doesn't negate the fact that it's hard. It doesn't mean that everything's going to, you know, be the hills are alive, like I talked about, because that's not real. But I do think that sometimes the things that suck from us really if we give them the opportunity can suck the bad from us and we Mm -hmm. can then refill that hole with good because seeing the bad helps us better recognize the good do you agree
2: absolutely absolutely i mean i always tell people the good news is feelings are temporary yeah the bad news is feelings are temporary yeah so the good news is if we're struggling and struggling and you know assuming we we are not suffering from what you spoke of, those bad, bad feelings, they're going to pass. They are going to subside. And, but so are the good feelings, the good experiences. So we really have to savor them and be present in them and appreciate them when they're here because not everything lasts, Yes. good or bad. Yeah. But one of the things I wanna talk about is the way you clean your kitchen is reducing a suck. Yeah. By you doing a task, that you don't enjoy, i.e., cleaning the kitchen. I not It's a enjoy sucky it. task tell that you. has to happen. <laughs> How can you reduce that suck? By listening to the hills being alive. Yes. With the sound of music. Yes. It helps you say, it's a task I have to do. This is something I have to do. I don't want to do it, but I have to. Yeah. How can I make it less sucky? Yes. More, more dare I say, enjoyable. I'm gonna toss on this this music and grab my mic and sing while I clean. Yes. Same kind of thing when people who want to do some exercises that they don't want. Let's say somebody really wants to get back into walking or running and they're struggling. They're like, I just can't motivate myself. How can we make it less, quote, miserable? Yeah. Well, I love I love podcasts. I love audibles. I love this specific kind of music. Okay, well, what happens if you save an upcoming episode to listen to only when you're on your walk or run. Yeah. So it becomes a reward. It's something While you're, you're looking
1: forward to doing.
2: Yes, exactly. I'm not looking forward to the run, but I'm really looking forward to this episode of yeah. my favorite podcast. Yeah. It's tying something that's positive that you enjoy with something that you're not crazy about doing, but you know, you want to do it. It's good for you. It's a goal you have That's how we reduce the suck. Yes. And it's funny, I hope I pass
1: this on to my children because this is, you know, coincidentally, it made me think of this, bringing Julie Andrews back in. My kids don't like to take medicine, which whose kids do, right? And so every single time I tease and joke with them and I hope they remember this for the rest of their lives. And I start singing, just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And so I bring that Mary Poppins in. And, you know, I hope that we can, I can pass on that to the kids and you know what mm-hmm. would make me happier if when their kids don't want to take their medicine if they do the same thing and it becomes this legacy of yep. joy for us and absolutely you know I never thought about that until now but I do want my legacy to be happiness I want my <sighs> my children to look back and remember me smiling or laughing at the guy that cut me off in traffic instead of yelling at him or you know let's go have fun we're going to go to the grocery store i hate grocery shopping full disclosure but if we get everything we need within 30 minutes then everybody gets to pick a treat or you know just i want him to have good memories but i want me to have good memories too mm-hmm. and i think there's a mm-hmm. choice in that you know of
2: course of course. And and it's not gonna be you're not gonna be perfect and that's important to remember right. too. I mean there's going even though this is your intention, you're like, yeah. I really wanna stay positive when the guy cuts me off. There may be a day where you know what your mindset—you're just stressed—and when well, a guy cuts you off and you kind of lose it and flip out. Yeah. It's important to acknowledge that you're human and to have some grace with yourself because yes. none of us is perfect. Yes, with anything we try especially,
1: to do. especially—you know—Denver traffic, especially if we get cut off, which happens. Right, I will say I am not very ladylike <laughs> when that happens. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> So think
2: about how you can pair something that you're dreading with something that you enjoy. And even it can be as something as simple as um, a couple of days ago, I had to make a hard call, Uh a hard phone call. I was, you know, it keeps getting pushed to the calendar for the next day because you just don't want to do it. And I finally said, all right, Lisa, you got to suck this up. You have got to get this done. Uh And I said, you know what? I have to go to Target later. That's my happy place. By the way, Target. Oh, me too. All right, Lisa, you make the call. And then you go to Target. That was like my reward for doing it. Because I know that in 15, 20 minutes, I'll be at Target. No matter how the call goes, I'm still going to be, it, it gives me something to look forward to, to help me dial that phone. Yes.
1: My happy place, I love Target, but I love the bookstore. I love Barnes & okay. Noble. So if I have a challenging task or whatever, I generally will reward myself with a trip to the bookstore. That Big is good. my thing. And my kids know, sometimes I bring my kids to the bookstore, sometimes I don't. But if I'm going to the bookstore, leave me alone. Right. <laughs> and it's funny because they know where the kids section is in every bookstore, probably across the country. It's ridiculous. And they know, okay, mommy needs time to go. And they go do their thing because that's right. that's my happy place. So...
2: 100%. And, and, and I, and I think this reward system is so important. I mean, it's, it can be anything and, and distraction, you know, listening to the podcast while going for yeah. for that run. Distraction is not a bad thing yes, at all. And, and I think that it gets a bad rap sometimes. I mean, we don't have to love exercise or running. The important thing is you do it. You find right. a way to do it, whether right. you enjoy it or not, it's
1: kind of irrelevant. Right. It's something that you have to do. So it's good for our body. And I had a talk with um, a coach about this a few episodes back where she said, it's science, you're human, your body needs exercise. So if there are things that you have to do, for example, I have to clean my kitchen, like it or not, somebody's got to do those dishes. They don't magically do themselves. I've tried that. Nothing happens. They still sit there. Um, So I might as well make the best of it and distract myself and make it fun. Exactly. All right. One of the things that, you know, when you and I were talking about this episode, you said that you want people to own their own awesomeness. So Mm -hmm. first, why the word awesome? Tell me more about that.
2: Because it's awesome. It's awesome. You know, we are awesome in our own right. And it just breaks my heart when I'm talking to somebody who can't see it for themselves. Yeah. We all have skills, talents, abilities that others don't have. Yeah. And it obviously comes from a place of comparing ourselves to others, assuming that everybody can do what we can't do, or assuming that everybody can do what we can do and that what we do offer to the world is nothing special. Ah. And I, mm-hmm. I, I struggle with this because it breaks my heart when I see an amazingly successful human obsessing and feeling badly about themselves because they can't do something really silly yeah and but yet that silly thing is the one thing that they focus on yes and the perspective you know mm-hmm. the perspective of who cares that you're not a good cook or yeah. you don't bake or you're you don't know how to decorate your house like a professional interior designer yeah. who cares now having said that if those are goals you have great go rock yeah. But the fact that you you can't or aren't good at them, self-admittingly, in and of itself is okay. We don't have to change any of our perceived shortcomings. And that's, I think, something very hard for us to swallow. Yeah. We, we've grown up in this culture where we're supposed to be great at everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not the case. And I, I remind people, we have a very finite amount of resources, time, energy, money, we can't focus on improving everything or we'll end up improving nothing. Yes. Yes. And this is where we talked about, um, you know, some of our challenges going back to our struggles. I mean, I I like to think of it as two buckets. We've got a bucket that's called C, which stands for change Mm -hmm. and the A, which stands for accept Mm -hmm. things perceived shortcomings about ourselves goes in one of these two buckets the thing that we know we need to change about ourselves in order to be as happy as we know we can be or at least improve can't fix it perhaps but maybe it's improve the other bucket is is accept the accept bucket is i know that i'm not a great cook i know that you know i i tend to run late every once in a while maybe need to work on that but The things that go in the accept category, for right now, I don't have the bandwidth to work on. I'll give you a very specific example. When COVID hit Mm -hmm. in March of 2020, I have OCD and anxiety. Mm -hmm. I've had it my whole life. I can remember being six years old, sitting across the table from my dad in the kitchen. He was changing a watch battery. And you know how tiny those watch batteries are. Mm -hmm. I became obsessed with this idea that he wouldn't get rid of the watch battery in the trash and somehow it would end up on the table and in dinner, in the mashed potatoes for dinner that night and someone would ingest it and get sick and die. Yeah, I couldn't let go of that fear that something bad was going to happen. And that's the first time I remember the uncontrollable fear of dread, of safety, of Mm -hmm. something harming myself or my family. And it just grew from there. Yeah. So as you can imagine, When COVID hit, throughout my life, I've been able to manage it. I've had pockets of moments where I had to get help. Yes. And was able to do it and navigate it and have the tools that I needed to live a happy life. But when COVID hit, all of my tools went out the window. Right. They weren't working. Mm -hmm. And for three months, I kept my family and me locked in the house. We saw no one. We did nothing. I've, I've never been so scared in my entire life my hands were bleeding I can sense the anxiety just in your voice right now yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. they were bleeding Mm -hmm. because doctors and experts said to wash your hands more often well if you tell somebody who's a germaphobe and has OCD to wash their hands more often okay and it was hard yeah and after three and a half months I realized my dad and my mom came over hadn't seen them in three months yeah they came over we sat in the backyard outside socially distanced if six feet was recommended 10 is better so we sat 10 feet apart my dad had to go to the bathroom I said you can't use my bathroom Mm -hmm. you're not allowed in my house absolutely not and my parents know how I am yeah and of course they understood but when they left I cried because I realized that I couldn't go on like this yeah and so in that moment, my anxiety around the COVID situation went from accept to change. Yes.
1: And it I like that you said, you, you you said, my anxiety surrounding the COVID situation, because you couldn't change the situation. But you, could, you could work on changing your response to the situation.
2: I tried to control everything I could i.e. by keeping everybody locked down for three and a half months Mm -hmm. that was no longer working for me or my family and so what i needed to do was find another way because Mm -hmm. that was not working anymore it then in that moment i can remember it went in that moment from accepting treading water existing to nope now i gotta figure something out because this is keeping me and my family from living yeah got help reached out Good to my you. therapist who I hadn't talked to in 20 years because things you. had been going really well. Yeah, And I'm still seeing her virtually once a week Good for because you. it's, it's something that I knew I recognized was keeping me from being joyful, from being yeah. happy. Now there are other things about me that I'm not crazy about. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, yeah. my fitness right now, not so consistent. Um, uh, Listen, I eat, I eat
1: McFlurries on the way home. Right, so. <laughs> right.
2: And that's okay. Uh-huh. But those things at that time belonged in the accept bucket because mm-hmm. I didn't have the bandwidth to say, I need to fix this, 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 and this. The key is we have to focus on the one or two things that are really keeping us from being joyful, yes. from being happy. Everything else in the accept bucket, that's where it belongs right now. Yeah. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no feelings of failure that's where it belongs right now because I can only deal with the stuff in the change category right now, the bucket. And so once I was able to get my anxiety under control, it has now gone into the accept category. I'm maintaining it through Mm -hmm. my therapy ongoing, but I'm able to handle it. It has its peaks and valleys, but overall it's not keeping me from being as happy as I know I can be despite the challenges and the circumstances. Good. Now I'm focused more on my fitness. Over the last several months, I'm like, okay, what's next? What's keeping me from being as joyful as I know I can be? And it was, I need to get back into some kind of physical activity routine. Yeah, That's my focus right now. Everything Mm -hmm. else, I'm good. We're going to revisit all of the things in the accept category in a month, two months. But for right now, this is the balance that I needed in my life. And I invite your listeners to really take inventory of what it is that they want to actively focus on because you can't do it you can't do
1: everything right and i love what you just said you said i asked myself what is it that's stopping me from having the, those moments of joy that's you know stopping my life from being joyful and i think that's critically important because a minute ago we talked about you know your cooking for example and you said you know you may not be the best cook or the best interior decorator that's okay unless you want to change it but i would challenge the listeners too to think what's your motivation for wanting to change it is it really your passion or are you trying to meet some expectation outside of yourself when you truly don't care about it you just care about the perception of it i want to be a perfect wife with a perfect house and provide the perfect meal do you really want that? Or are you just trying to meet some external expectation or something that you've imposed upon yourself because you think you should want that? And so I think that when we talk about joy, we should ask ourselves, what do we really want? And, um, I had another guest on the show that told me something really powerful and I loved this. If it feels like passion, it's your gut talking. If it feels like pressure, then it's not. It's some external force. So, this was Gwen Austin, she's a toy inventor, she told me this, and I love this because that's how you know if it's something that's going to bring you joy. Does it feel like passion or does it feel like pressure? Yep. You almost instinctively know right away when I ask that question what it is. Instinctively. Absolutely.
2: I don't want my kids to
1: go to school with Lunchables when everybody else has the perfect lunch. You know what? my kids have been eating Lunchables since kindergarten and nobody's died yet. So I think we're okay. You. you know,
2: <laughs> absolutely. A hundred so, percent. You're yeah. exactly right. And sometimes these expectations we put in our own mind and see them as truth. Yes. I was working with a client who she, she couldn't, she's like, I really wanted to take my kids. I want to surprise them and take them to the pool. Okay. Why don't you, mm-hmm. my house is a mess. Okay. So, well, I can't do that kind of thing if my house isn't tidy and clean. Really? Well, what do you think's going to happen? Right. And she thought about it and she said, "You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take." It. And she felt like such a rock star because she was doing something completely out of her comfort zone. Yes. She took the kids to the pool. They had a great time. She came home. House was still there. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. So she saw the benefit of saying this self-imposed limit that I'm putting on myself is ridiculous.
1: Yes, and I would say too, and this is this could be a topic for an entire different episode, but for those of us who do have issues, because I'm the same way, I don't wanna go anywhere until the house is clean. It's because I grew up in an alcoholic household, and so it's mm. very important to me that everything is lined up because I never wanted anybody to come to my house growing up unannounced and see beer cans in the kitchen. That was uh. embarrassing to me. And so for me now, I still, here I am almost 40 years old, and i have this deep fear that the amazon man is going to knock on the door and i'm going to have to open the door and he's going to see dust bunnies or you know what i mean and so it's so ridiculous because even if my neighbors came over and the house was a mess, you know there's some dishes in the sink, the kids threw the shoes, their shoes on the um you know rug in the living room, the world's not going to end, but for me there are deep rooted issues there. Yeah that I am slowly and again I'm halfway through my life just now even recognizing that this is a control issue for me because I grew up in a household where I felt out of control and so it's important to me that my house now feels in control but again that's pressure, that's not passion. I'm not cleaning my house because I'm trying to create this wonderful environment for us to enjoy. I'm creating my house so that then nobody can walk in or touch anything because God forbid it get messed up again. And that's right. a that's a big difference for me. And so I'm learning to create an environment of joy and being okay with some mess. You know what, my seven year old son loves toy cars. So there's toy cars in my living room. And that's okay, because it brings him joy. And when he tells me how fast a Lamborghini and a Bugatti and all of these things, I don't even know what he's talking about, <laughs> can go, I just need to sit on the floor with him and smile and say, which one, which one of these cars is faster? And enjoy that, as opposed to, when are you picking this stuff up and putting it in your room? You know? So.
2: hundred percent. I love it. You get it. You totally get it, girl.
1: So what's your big message for our listeners as we get ready to wrap up? What's the big takeaway you want them to have? <sighs>
2: So many things, so many things. You know, it's cliche, but we go through this life once. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the ride. Give yourself some joy. If you need help finding that joy, get some help. Yes, Because help is out there. Life doesn't have to be hard. Enjoy the ride, and you're more awesome than you realize. Yes, I love that.
1: Enjoy the ride. Life doesn't have to be hard. And listeners, you're awesome. Just as you are. And I'm such a word nerd and you know, I love words and communication. If you break down the word awesome, the first part of it is awe. And you are something that is worthy of being in awe of. You are something that is worthy of being in awe of. So step outside of yourself. Look at how amazing you are and stand in awe of yourself and everything you've done and everything you're going to do and everything you're working on becoming because I think we find joy in that too when we recognize our own greatness and our own beauty and our own potential and we recognize the broken places as beautiful too because we are truly awesome. So love it all right love it and we
2: all have something that we struggle with nobody's
1: perfect yes and you say that repeatedly throughout the book we all have something Everybody does, so, and I think talking about it in, in platforms like this, with your friends, at dinners, at work, wherever, it makes it more okay for other people. And one of the things that I've learned in my own professional career is, I get better results when I'm authentic. I have better connections when I'm authentic. Trying to be on a stage and present an image that's not me, you know, got me into management. It's not going to make me into a great leader. It's not going to make me mm. into a great mom. It's not going to make me into a great person. And those are the things I want to be. I want to be a great leader, not a great manager. So, all right. Well, tell the listeners how can they get in touch
2: with you? Yes, I would love to hear from everyone. My website is thejoyseeker dot com. Uh, I'm on Instagram at lisa domino white that's d-i-m-i-n-o white and same handle for facebook would love to connect okay wonderful well thanks so much for joining me today and we'll talk soon it was a pleasure thank you Kristen. thanks bye-bye
0: thank you for listening to the so she did podcast For more information, to be on the show, or to work directly with Kristen, please visit www.SoshedidEmpire.com. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends on social media and leave a positive review. We would love to hear from you.